This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. And I relayed that story like at Christmas a couple years ago, and Craig looked at me like I was crazy and was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, it was part of the Underground Railroad. And he was like, I built that tunnel. Welcome to The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. I am your host, Cap Times food editor Lindsay Christians, and I'm joined this week once again by Chris Lay. Quivy's Grove announced last week that after nearly 40 years in Fitchburg, the restaurant is going up for sale. These two buildings from the 1850s have an incredible history, and the restaurants in the fine dining stone house and the more casual tavern-style stable grill are a tribute to Wisconsin cuisine in very specific and very entertaining ways. Nick Garten is my new coworker, Cap Time's newest Metro reporter, and he happened to grow up in Quibi's kitchen, dining room, and underground tunnel. For the first part of our podcast this week, he came into the studio to talk about what growing up in Quibi's was like. Give a listen. Hey, Nick. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the podcasting studio. It's a it's a beautiful day in this windowless room. Yeah, I can't really see outside. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time yesterday reading about Quibi's Grove uh, because they recently announced that they're going to be for sale as of this week, I think. Um, and I wondered, what is your experience with Quivy's Grove? What's your background with it? Well, my dad, Joe Garten, started Quivy's Grove um, probably around the same time that I was born. So it's been about 40 years. I can't imagine opening a restaurant and having a baby in the same year. Well, I was number four, and I'm actually adopted. So I think that the family expanding made him start looking for places for us to live. Um, when I was a baby, we lived down on Cherokee Drive, and he was sort of looking for something a little bigger, and that led him out towards, you know, Verona Road, Fitchburg, and there's that stable and the house that are Quivy's Grove now. And he was kind of poking around and just thought it would be a good restaurant site because it was a little too close to the highway for raising a family. So did you live at Quivy's or near Quivy's? Where did you live? No, we never lived there. He (laughs) literally just started the restaurant out of walking around out there. So do you remember early years? Like, did you kind of grow up in the restaurant? Sure, sure. I mean, my earliest memories of Quivy's were really just being in dad's office, um, which was this super small room that's upstairs in the stable. Today, there's just like tables in it. People eat in there. Um, But back then, it was dad and Craig's office. And I would just kind of be there under the desk with like my toys and (laughs) they'd work and and that was it. Were you ever allowed to sort of go back into the kitchen when it wasn't like fully in swing? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah? All the time, because they would make me stuff if I was like, "Oh, could I have a hamburger? And Dad would go back, and the chef would make a hamburger or something. Yeah. Uh, did you did you have a sort of different perspective about what cooking was like based on 
having seen it from behind the scenes for so long? No, I was too young to really notice those kinds of things. And even the things I did notice, I didn't realize until I was an adult. Ah. So Quivy's has raclette on the menu during, like, winter. When I was a kid, I always had, like, some form of meat with that raclette cheese and, and everything. And it wasn't until, like, five years ago that I realized it doesn't really come with that. <laughs> Not it, usually. Right. It was stuff that Dad just had them include, like, for me. That's that's amazing. I, I was I was looking at the menu the other day and noticing how many of the dishes have names like, you know, the named after Paoli or the Cross Plains chicken or, you know, things like that. Um, there's a strong sense of place at Quivy's, I would say. There is. And I think it's because most of the people who work there have worked there for, or at least that I know, have worked there my whole life. Yeah. So you you never worked in the restaurant, right? No, but uh, my sisters did, and then Craig's daughter, Hallie, did. What do they do? I don't know. I think they were just waitstaff. Got it. I wonder, do you do you feel like restaurants like that are, are kind of a family, that people get to be kind of family? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I know all of the people who have been there for 20, 30, almost 40 years. And so, like, definitely Craig and his family are, like, extended relatives of ours but then there's people like Lynn at the front and Jenny who works at the bar um people like that Paul Helen Brand was the chef for a really long time um until he retired so people like that I just grew up as having them be part of my life every day I guess um or at least whenever we would go to Quibi's which was pretty often when I was a little kid there is a tunnel that goes between the stable house the stable grill and the stone house was that creepy or cool or neither it was always cool and i love the smell down there which smells like what it just like gravel and marbles (laughs) or or you know just rocks i guess and kind of i don't know cellar like um there used to be like this big cigarette dispenser down there, you know, how like that you would have the those, old school ones. Yeah, yeah, the old school vending machines. But there's one down in the in the tunnel? Well there was. They've classed it up now. There's a wine cellar and you can like taste fine cheese and stuff. <laughs> but the funny thing about the tunnel is so my entire life and I'll go ahead and embarrass myself and say like up until two Christmases ago. I swore that that tunnel was part of the Underground Railroad. (laughs) And so that's the story I would tell, like, my friends when we would go down there and I'd give them a tour. And I relayed that story, like, at Christmas a couple years ago. And Craig looked at me like I was crazy and was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, it was part of the Underground Railroad. And he was like, I built that tunnel. And I said, no, you didn't. Like, I didn't believe him for a good 10 minutes. That's amazing. I love moments like that because they're so humbling in the moment. I've told stories like that in front of my family, and my mom will be like, what? Where did you get that? We tell ourselves these things, and they become memories. Totally. Oh, my God. And it actually it makes sense, right? Because the buildings were built in the 1850s, right? Right. 
the timing checks out. It does. I think I'm right, and he never <laughs> built it. Did you ever play games down there? Like, did you play down sure, there? Sure, sure. Like, we would have races down there, um, myself, my sisters, and, you know, sometimes if we were there for, like, a family thing with cousins. So if you have a big, like, family gathering or something, would it be at – did you ever use Quivies for family things, I guess? Sure. Every year, uh, us and Craig and Sam, his wife, and Hallie and her husband get together for Christmas dinner, um, usually like a week before Christmas. Have things changed at Quivies that you've noticed over yeah. the years? Can yeah. You, yeah. Can you give some examples? I mean, really, it's just bigger is the biggest example. Um, first of all, the stable is bigger than it was when I was a kid because they expanded out um, a little bit and made the bar area a little different. Um, that bar was in the other room when when I was really young. But different things like that, like in the house um, – you know, they expanded upstairs a little bit, like Dad's office. But it's just those little things like that. Mom works a lot in the gardens there and and things like that. So When I was asking her about her role at the restaurant, she said that she doesn't do much with day-to-day, that she's more about big-picture stuff and the garden. Yeah, the garden is her is her big thing. I, I was also – I was talking with Craig – about the menu and how that's sort of been over the years. And he said, oh, you know, we we don't do anything with trends. You know, we really, and your mom kept saying, heritage food. We do heritage food. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And what she means, I think, is like German, Eastern European, um, some of these sort of immigrant cuisines that have come into Wisconsin. She doesn't mean like, you know, native foods. She doesn't mean like Native American foods. She means, um, I think, these sort of settlers who came into Wisconsin and, and have these cuisines that they've interpreted. And uh, Craig talked about, like, butter, heavy cream in some of the dishes. That is, it's heavy food. It's comfort food. It is heavy food. That's why you get full really fast there, and the portions are huge. They are. But the menu hasn't changed much since I've been a kid. There have been a couple things that are maybe made a little different. Like, I think the breading on the Middleton Perch is different than it was when I was a kid. But that's really just me saying that and could be completely untrue. Is it a thing for you to sort of always get the same things? Or have you have you tried most of the menu, I guess? I rotate between the duck, the perch, and the sterling beef. Usually it's like a center cut sirloin. And the duck is the famous, that's like a famous thing, right? Equivies, isn't the duck a famous thing? The duck's the best thing on the menu. It's like a roast half duck and comes with, you know, cranberries and wild rice. And I don't know, it's just always really good and nice and crispy, which is what I like. Oh, having that crispy skin on the duck is so wonderful. Totally. It's my favorite thing. Me too. Me too. That's why I get it. I think that's actually what I had last time I was there. It's been a little while. We were there for a friend's uh, birthday, and I think a lot of people are getting fish fry. And I was like, but there's duck here. I have to have duck. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the the menu in the stable is different than the menu in the house. Ah, right. So the turtle pie, that's a thing, right? The turtle pie is a thing. Yeah. I've had so much turtle pie, I don't really order it anymore. (laughs) 
shockingly enough, I've never been a huge dessert guy anyways. Oh, really? But the apple crisp was my favorite, like oh. with some ice cream and nice and hot. So if you're just going there for like an appetizer and a drink, like what do you what do you go for? They've added a couple appetizers um, that they have done under under the new management. But cheese curds and a kitty cocktail are pretty much my appetizer and a drink. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and very Wisconsin. Very Wisconsin. I wonder when you think about Madison, like like Madison area's relationship to Quivy's Grove. What, what do people think about? Like, what do you hear when you say, oh, yeah, you know, my, my mom is an owner of Quibi's Grove. I grew up there. What do, what do people say to you? What do you hear? People are usually like, oh, I love that place or, oh, I've been there. Um, <clears throat> my funniest story really with that is that I play basketball at this athletic club in Middleton. And I'm like this awful trash talker and I'm totally different than my work persona at basketball Lindsay and there's this guy who hates my guts and we would always talk all this trash back and forth and you know he would always reprimand me for how I acted during basketball and he was you know maybe a year or two older than me and so this was going on for years and one day another guy who plays basketball with us was at Quivy's and saw me and asked like what I was doing there. And I was like, oh, I'm with, you know, my mom and, you know, my dad started this place and all this other stuff. And the next time we were at basketball, I'm getting into it with the same guy. And the other guy was like, oh, you know, Nick, his family owns Quivy's Grove. Have you ever been out there? And the guy I was getting into it was with was like, oh, yeah, I bartend out there sometimes. And I was like, oh, my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. This town is so small sometimes. Very. That's really funny. Oh, my goodness. Was he nicer to you then? No, it was the same. <laughs> oh, no. Do you have any nostalgia, like, knowing that it's going to be going up for sale here shortly? Do you have nostalgia about the sale? Yeah, I have a lot of melancholy about it because I... I mean, I've never lived a day of my life without this restaurant existing. Yeah. So I don't really know. Like, everything, like, at Christmas, I I just, it'll be different. Like, that's that's definitely, that's definitely a thing. Also, I think that, you know, my dad died in 2003 from cancer, and it's sort of... It's been something I've never gotten over. Um, I was really close with my dad, and I was at an age when he died where I was, where we were starting to have like an adult relationship, and and things were sort of changing. You know, I was in my early twenties. It's just like a different dad vibe in a relationship, and so them selling it, I really. It makes me so sad that he's gone. But I know mom maintains that, you know, dad would have been out a long time ago if he had lived. Um, Just because of the pace and the demands of the restaurant? Yeah, he was already pulling back and into his own other projects. Um, Dad was a big project person. And once he got into it, he didn't care about anything else. Yeah. Sometimes restaurants in this kind of situation will say... 
we're going to sell the buildings and the equipment, but you can't use the name, for example. Um, or you can buy, the, like, you can sell it in any iteration. And it's fairly common for a restaurant to leave a space and take the name with them, right? Um, but Quivy's uh, talking to your mom and to Craig. They want to find someone to take over Quivy's and run it basically the way that they have and, and keep the name and keep it as it is or, 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 you know, keep sort of moving it forward, I would imagine, and, you know, making improvements. But they want to keep it. They want someone who will keep it. And I thought that was an interesting choice because it really does have this wonderful history, both in the buildings and, you know, the 40-year history of the restaurant itself. But it, are you ready to let go? You know, is that something that you can let go of? And like, what if they keep the name and it becomes something totally different? That's something you'd also have to let go of, right? Right. I did not even know that part, yeah. actually, till you just said that. Um, that's interesting. I think there's a big part of them that don't really want to let go. But that would be a tough sell for me buying. Yeah. And a, and a buyer could buy it and say, I'm keeping the name, and then change their mind a year in. As people, both Dad and Craig, they fit together so well because they're both kind of particular. When you're the t- people driving the engine of this organization, all those particulars are sort of forever the way you want them to be. And my, I wonder the degree to which Craig sort of is what all of Quivy's is. Um, and that without him there day to day and running all those things, how long it really stands as what I've known my whole life. And that's sort of, that's the part that's melancholy for me but also the part that I'm curious about to see how that plays out with somebody else coming in. Are you going to be going to Quivy's for the holidays at all this year? Yeah, on the 18th, we're having our our family dinner there that we do every year. That's wonderful. The decorations for the holidays are so cool. Aren't they spectacular? I, I'm always glad that I don't have to put up all of that evergreen and stuff, you know? Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's always beautiful. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for talking about this. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me, Lizzie. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. Chris Lay has for a long while now been the in-house archivist for Capital Newspapers, which means he spends a lot of time looking through old articles and stories from the previous years of the Cap Times and the State Journal. We decided for this episode about Quivy's to go back into that archive and see what we could find from Quivy's first 40 years. We found some restaurant reviews, we found recipes in the archive, there's a lot of good stuff. This is our chat about what we found. Splendiferous. <laughs> okay, so so you spent some time in the archive. I spent some time in the archive. Yes. We have looked in the archive. We have looked in the archive. So I had a blast researching Quibi's Grove mm-hmm. because the words that people use about it are pretty amazing. Like, they talk a lot about this 
old-fashioned, traditional, all the stuff. But there's this one. I have to find this. You actually printed it out, and I'm so happy about it because <laughs> um, this is this is from 1990, mm-hmm. which is I guess 10 years after Quibi's opened. And she talks about how there's no better time of the year to visit than the Christmas season. As we left the stone house, the cold air slapped us in the face. <laughs> And the Christmassy evening was stored in our memories as a splendid night. So good. The newspaper, friends and neighbors. Yep. That was the that was the Cap Times, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cap Times, 1990, uh, December 8th, and it, it's the tall fir Christmas trees inside the restaurant are decorated in red, white, and green homespun ornaments, decked out with strings of cranberries and popcorn. Did you ever do those as a kid? Yes. I we totally did. did. We totally did. Um, after my parents. Uh, divorced. I remember doing that with my dad. That was the, uh, yeah, like like the first Christmas, like it at his place was doing the, the cranberry the, popcorn, yeah, stringing them up. It was really, and we actually put like uh, candy canes in the tree, and yeah, we yeah. definitely did too. My mom would get the, so we had the regular candy canes, and then we also had the ones that tasted like fruit flavors. Ugh. So I kind of liked them, but I was a child. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm not judging that. I just. Uh, yeah. It's not not for me. Not <laughs> we went from me. liver mush to tropical flavor candy canes. That's so. right. I have to draw the line somewhere. We're on okay? a roll. <laughs> I have to draw the line somewhere. Quibi's Grove has there's a whole like wonderful history of them naming dishes after famous people. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get too far, yeah, I do have to throw it out there. I have never been to Quibi's Grove. <gasps> it's so fun though. I. I know that now, having spent a ton of time reading these articles, <laughs> and it is very exciting. And the one about Christmas makes me really want to go there sometime very soon. Things about Quibi's Grove. One, they have a real dartboard in the stable grill. Like, real darts. Not one of those fake machine things. Oh, no. I mean, you, uh, that to me, the steel darts are, that's darts. That's one thing. Second thing, there is a tunnel in between the two buildings... And they have a wine cellar down there, and you can eat fancy cheese. Nick says that they used to have a cigarette machine down there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. But it's sort of like, it reminds me of like a bomb shelter or something, but like, it's a tunnel underneath. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. There's the fancy part of Quivy's and the less fancy part. Yes. Is it what, the stable house? Is that the bar? The bar. Yes. Yeah, and like, that's and where that, they that's have- That's a restaurant too. Like yes. it's a tavern. But they have like lunch. It's- uh, Yes. Yeah. They do kind of like mid-range, yeah. just normal normal food. Not, not Tavern-y stuff. Nothing, nothing fancy. Yeah. Burgers and stuff. There's a lot of stuff in the archive about the Quibi's Burger. They name their food after people, like famous people and towns as well. And one of the things that I discovered was there's a there's a raclette dish that na- that's named after like the guy who founded the first cheese factory in Wisconsin, but it, in one of the old reviews, it used to be a vegetable dish with like potato lefse that was so named after was the, the same guy. Oh, so there he he just he just transitioned into cheese. They just changed from, his name. Yeah, they changed starch to dairy. Yeah, they changed the name right. of the the dish that was named after him, but they kept his name. I think I think he he's moving up. Is what it sounds like. He's he's on his way upwards. Was it? There was another really good uh, lead here. Was other restaurants are in Wisconsin. Quivy's Grove is Wisconsin. Bum bum bum. Exactly. Pretty amazing. That's pretty intense, right? It's incredibly intense, and it definitely sets the bar really high. So one of the things that I kept seeing them talk about 
was a popover. Yes. Now, popover, not something I've ever seen. I, I've never had a popover that I know of unless, like, in my head, I'm imagining a Hot Pocket. Like, it's a savory thing. Nope. The face you're making, that's a no. <laughs> that's that's a no. way off. So a popover is like this buttery egg situation that you make in a muffin tin and it and it and it pops like the, the I think the egg proteins make it like inflate. They have them at Tornado Room and they're really good. And is it like a late night menu tornado room thing or is it they're just I on the menu? I think it's a regular menu tornado mm, thing. Okay. But it's a, definitely like a supper club sort of thing that you might see at a supper club where but it's like imagine like if if a muffin sort of exploded and held. But it's more okay. like but it's lighter than a muffin. It's and not as dense. It's and like a biscuit. An egg. There's well there's egg in it. But okay. That makes that that makes it rise. I see. Right. I'm still yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued. So it's is it, it savory? Like, yes. They're they're delicious. They're not like good for you, but like if you read any of this well, stuff, I mean, nothing at Quibi's is good for you. No. Butter, heavy cream. I think the uh the first review uh from the State Journal described one of their sauces as being bernays like. Here we go. Quibi's Grove, good food at historic site. Um What year? Uh, it is 1980. It's the, the the first review, as far as I can tell. I'm pretty sure it's the first review. Uh, it's uh, Sonny Schubert. Um, yeah, and we have uh, uh, the small steak was thick and cooked to order. The cream sauce delicately reminiscent of a mild sauce Bernays. The roast Ooh. pork was slightly dry, but also featured a light cream sauce. Again, give with the cream sauce. And the mention of the popovers as well. And then was the uh, the first mention of strawberry muffins. Ooh. Which they are known for their muffins, which is something that I've learned. That's mentioned in in a handful of these these reviews that I printed out. Um, yeah, the before dinner we thoroughly enjoyed the cheddar cheese beer soup, uh, which contained large chunks of sausage. Sounds great, and strawberry muffins that had proved so popular that our waitress brought us an extra one without being asked. Like that's the kind of service that. That you want from a fancy restaurant. I don't care if the forks and knives are on the right sides. I want that extra muffin. That's that's what I want. That's a fair point. Although I, it does make me wonder how obvious they were about their note taking. It's possible, right? It's possible. People always assume that I get made. That like people know when I'm reviewing a restaurant, and like most of the time, I don't. But I know when I have, like, all of a sudden the kitchen's going to send me some extra blah, blah, blah thing. Or, like, I can see the the waiter is talking with the manager or the host or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, I, this is obvious. So, but that's that's the kind of thing that I always wonder about, yeah. like, if you give me extra food. But if they're doing it to other tables, I mean, then it's fine. Then it doesn't say in. in there if they were doing it to other tables or not, but... The renovation of this place is just kind of amazing. It's this, yeah. it used to be Jack Mann's Farm, M-A-N-N, Jack Mann. It goes Mann. back to, I think, 1855 was yeah. the number I found, which is fascinating. Yeah, and Joe Garten was the owner who who bought it in 1979 and turned this Fieldstone Mansion into a restaurant and then added, like, also did the stable grill and then expanded the stable grill, mm-hmm. like added a bar onto it. But there's a cookbook from 1994 Quibi's Grove Heritage Cookbook by Margaret Guthrie, which includes a recipe for turtle pie. Yep. Which they're famous for. Which is for. their thing. And it includes whipping cream, brown sugar, corn syrup, regular sugar, chocolate chips. Oh, wait, more whipping cream, 
pecans. And then also, of course, there's melted butter and three-quarter teaspoon of gelatin. So that thing will jiggle. Huh. Okay, if you're going to make one recipe from Quivy's Grove that has, like, spoken to you, what is the thing you most want to try? Me? Of the things that have spoken to me? The, um, oh, goodness, the potatoes. There was a recipe. We just have piles of paper floating around the table right now. Um, yeah, from a, a an article, uh, Catherine Murray, the, uh, the Cook's Exchange column. Um, yeah, the Quibi's Grove Parmesan mashed potatoes. What's in them? Uh, uh, onion, some butter, a quarter pound of butter. That's a, um, yeah, a good amount. Yeah, a whole bunch of uh, half and half cream. Frozen shredded hash browns, two pounds, thawed completely, which sounds great. You don't have to shred them yourself. I made I made some potatoes for a Friendsgiving thing the other day, or like last week. And yeah, the shredding, that's a pain. It is a pain. It's a real pain. I like I'm I think I'm just gonna buy a food mill and then just be done with it. That's a good idea. Right? You need just, to do it, that. It's an investment. I really loved the descriptions of the rouladen at Quivy's. You cannot go wrong with German rolled beef. Those three words together. Sounds sounds amazing. Right? I can't remember all the ingredients that are in there, Rouladen, but I know that there's pickles. Again, that's just adding, it's just gilding the lily at this point. Ooh, let's see. Let's see. I think I found it. Slice of beef rolled around pickle spears, sausage, bacon, and vegetables. Think about how many meat elements I just mentioned. That's delightful. Yeah. Also, red cabbage with apple vinegar and onion, and spetzel, which are like small dumplings. Thanks for letting us know, Margaret. That's delightful. <laughs> It seems designed to put you into a food coma, which is wonderful. I'm perfectly happy with that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Did you see the uh, the other Catherine Murray uh, article where it was her, uh, in the State Journal, uh, somebody put together a dessert slash coffee tasting? Ooh. It was Ancora coffee paired with different Quivy's Grove desserts. Can we bring this back as a thing? I would love to. No more wine dinners. Heck with that. We've done that already. How about dessert coffee pairings? Yep. That's oh my exactly gosh. That's what I want. I want to do this blackberry tart. I want to do the turtle pie and the chocolate steamed pudding with Ellie's mom's sauce. There's a, a ton of stuff on this menu. Yes. And it, a lot of it has local names. So we have the trout blackhawk. We have uh, Madison mushrooms. Madison, of all the things that Madison would get, we got mushrooms? Could be James Madison. Beef Barstow, the 10-ounce New York strip steak with Madeira cream sauce, oven-roasted mushrooms and onions, honors Governor Barstow, who gracefully resigned when the Wisconsin Supreme Court invalidated his 1856 election because of votes from non-existent precincts. What did the Madison thing say? Because now I want to know if I was right or if... Oh, honors the U.S. president whose name was given to a patch of Wisconsin wilderness in the 1836, the year of his death. There we go. So I feel like you are getting not only a menu, you're getting a history lesson. Absolutely. More menus should do this. I am delighted. Yeah. Veal Vilas includes a, a quote from the Madison mayor. People have been swindled so often by those elected. It's not surprising that some look at government as a means by which the few can rob the many. Words of wisdom from the Quibby's Grove menu. I basically just want to go there uh, as... As soon as possible, and apparently the Christmas time is a great time to go to Quivy's, going all the way back to 1990. So, yeah, I I, want to get there and give it a shot. But there's also, you've got the cookbook that'll live on for generations afterwards. 
It sounds like we need to make a trip down there. I'm, yes, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I want to know if they do um, like a uh, like a New Year's Eve thing or something. Sip some champagne. Right. I don't know. Thank you for bringing all this stuff in. This is awesome. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was absolutely my pleasure. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like us, leave us a review. The Corner Table is one of many podcasts made in this studio. We have ongoing releases from Cap Time's Idea Fest and Cap Time's Talks, including a recent one with a touring cast of Hamilton. Check out Jesse O'Poyan on the political podcast Wedge Issues every Friday. We share a studio with the guys from Center Stage of the State Journal, so check them out too. I am Cap Time's food editor, Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is a Christmassy cocktail from the pop-up at Lucille called Miracle on King. Cheers! This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.